Well, good morning, New Beginnings family. Let's all rise. And let's give him praise for all he's done, for breaking chains, for being so good to us.
who in here is ready to praise God tonight and today? How many of you still need some chains broken? You haven't quite let go of that yet. Are you still being held down by the chains of lies? I'm here to tell you today that today is the day. He's going to do that for you. Let's sing this together. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lie, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better lie. There's a better lie. If you got pain, he's a pain taker.
is really about how great God is in our lives and the good things that he does for us even though we don't deserve them. The life he gives, the love he provides, and the healing power of restoration. That's why we're here this morning. We're here to give him praise because he is so good. As we sing this last song, would you just make it your prayer, your praise, your adoration to the Lord God Almighty because he is worthy. He is so worthy of your praise. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the dark. No. 
pray, Father God, peace over the United States, Lord, and the turmoil we're going through. We pray, Father God, a move of your mighty spirit to fall upon us and continue to flow through us. Forgive us of all of our sins, Father God, and just use us to bring transformation to our city. We love you and thank you, and we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise his holy name. Continue to worship him. Amen. God bless you. Come on, let's church let's sing all the earth.
church. Isn't our God great this morning? Come on. Can we lift up a shout of praise? All glory to God. All glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being in this place, God, for meeting us here. And for more than anything, God, for who you are, God. You are a God of greatness, God. You are a God who comes alongside us and welcomes us into your presence, that welcomes us into your greatness, God. And we thank you for who you are, God, because, man, you are here this morning, God. You are transforming lives, God. I pray right now for all my brothers and sisters who are coming home from, or coming here after a long week, God. We've come into the Father's house for rest, God. We've come to meet you, to seek your love, your peace, your mercy, your grace. God, I pray that all those things overflow this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Oh, man. Isn't God great this morning, church? Come on. Hey, church, let's take a moment and let's, let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning, yeah? All right, all right. How are we doing today, church? Doing good? Man, it's so great to see all of you this morning, man. Um, man, I just, can we just give it up for our worship team, man? That was fantastic. Week in, week out. Pastor Mike, thank you so much for leading our team, man. It's, it's amazing. Thank great, you. Great group of volunteers. Shameless plug since we're talking about it, David. If you <laughs> want to be a part of our team, we would love to have you. We do need a lot of people in tech, so if you have uh, abilities in computers, and you love the world of tech, if you love sound, if you love running cameras, those kind of things, come talk to me. We'll, yeah. we'll see what we can do. But thank you, David. Yeah, Appreciate no it. <laughs> so, guys, we want to welcome you into church service this morning. Thank you so much for being here. As Brother David said, man, what an amazing time of worship. We want to welcome you watching from home as well. We want to welcome you into the house of God from wherever you may be watching. Welcome to our worship service here at New Beginnings. Absolutely. My name is Mike. Thank you, my brother. My name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And, and my name is David Sanchez. Is I am the youth David. minister here at New Beginnings. Also. That's right. So you know what, David, tell us what's going on in your world, my brother. You know what, man, a what's lot up? of stuff. School just started for yeah. a lot of our students that are going to APS. And so we're, we're trying our best to shepherd our students through the school year. On Wednesday nights, we do small groups. Literally, we just come in and check in. Like, hey, how was your week? Where did you see God during your week? How can we help you see more of God during your week? And that has, th this summer, been so amazing for our youth. It's looking like very soon we're about to have a youth student leadership team, which I'm very excited about. Some youth are stepping into the ministry as leaders, and I'm super excited about that. But more than anything, we have an event coming up uh, that all of you get to be, part to, all of you can participate in. Uh, how many of you guys know we just got back from the International Youth Convention uh, in San Antonio, Texas this summer? Anybody remember hearing about that? Yeah? So it was a fantastic event. Pastor Mike was there, and he, he helped us out with the youth, and it was a fantastic event. We have another International Youth Convention in a couple of years, this one in Florida. And in an effort to raise funds from two years out in advance, we want to start our fundraisers now. Um, and so, not this coming Wednesday, but our following Wednesday, we're doing, we're partnering with our friends over at Bubba's, right down Montano. Uh, and if you go in there, order anything, just eat something and say, hey, by the way, we saw this flyer with, we're with New Beginnings Church. 
um, they will donate a portion of your meal to our youth to help us get to the International Youth Convention. Yeah, so I'm super excited about, and on top of that, I'm so, ex- I'm so excited about that because we can welcome the entire church into our fundraising efforts. It's from open to close. Again, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Just show up, say, we're with New Beginnings, and that's a great way to not only support your church, but go love on your community. Be nice to those servers. Serve them well, and just speak into their lives. Be the people of God out there in the streets of Albuquerque. So that's what's happening in my life. What are the adults up to, though, Pastor Mike? <laughs> well, keep an eye out for those flyers, but because those, I'm sure we're going to have something to hand out, and you guys can show oh, yeah. the, the servers or whatnot. But hey, in our world of leading you young bucks, we would love to have you guys and join us in our men's retreat. Quick yes. update on the men's retreat, fellas. We are completely sold out of the 25 registry, uh, registrations rather for uh, the scholarship, but we still have openings for you guys to come along. So we have still openings for you guys to come up, but just so you know, the registration for the scholarships are completely sold out. So, sorry about that, guys, if you didn't get those, but we are now back up to full price. And so, if you want to be a part of that, please, please, please sign up online, uh, either on our app or online at nbcabq.com slash events. And you can, have, you can have all the information available there. We have more information coming as it comes available to us directly from Lone Tree Bible Ranch. They've been super busy with a ton of camps on their own, so trying to trying to communicate back and forth. But guys, we're trying to get you as much. As, we are doing some carpooling from here at New Beginnings Church on the 26th, so stay in tune for that. So if you need a ride from New Beginnings Church to Lone Tree Bible Ranch, we'll be able to leave here on Friday at 2 o'clock from New Beginnings, okay? So we are going to be carpooling from here if you need a ride, or if you just want to maybe just caravan along with us so you don't get lost, we can do that as well on the 26th. So that's what's going on with the grown folks. All right. Okay. <laughs> for the men's retreat. All right. And then also, guys, don't forget that a week from today, we want to celebrate our volunteers and our end of summer picnic. And it's, what we normally do is an end of summer picnic. We have the jumpers and climbing walls and, and all kinds of stuff, right? Dunk tanks and mechanical bulls. A little scaled down version this year. We scaled it down from like a 10 to like a 5. The day after giving back to the community, we're going to come back here on Sunday, a week from today, immediately following our second service. Out in the mall, we're going to have hot dogs, chili dogs, um, chips, sodas, desserts, um, because we want to celebrate the volunteers and every, every bit of work that you and I have put in to impacting the community here in Albuquerque and our surrounding, just this surrounding community, but just the city and what you and I have done has been a busy, busy, busy <laughs> summer season, summer ministry season, and we want to thank you for doing that. And of course, never, ever, ever, ever possible without your faithful giving and your faithful tithe and your faithful just giving and gifting to the church. Thank you so much for that. And if you want to be a part of that, and if you want to participate, you can do that by giving electronically via our text messaging feature, which is behind me on the screen, or for you at home, if you're watching, it's on your screen. You can give via the text message, via the app, online, or here, if you're here in the house, we have the tithing boxes at every doorway here in the sanctuary. We want to thank you for doing it, and thank you to continue for your continued support of the vision and the ministry of New Beginnings Church. Thank you so very much, church. Can we celebrate what we have done 
this summer season. It has been amazing. And with that, I ask you to turn your attention to the screens. Thank you, church. Church, I want to let you know that Giving Back to the Community Outreach is back on. This is our eighth annual event. It's going to be held at Mesa Verde Park, and that's at the corner of Marquette and Tennessee. It's an amazing event because we start at 10 in the morning to 4 p.m., and we need volunteers because we do outreach. We feed the hungry. We feed all the people that come by. Last year, we had about 2,800 people. We give hamburgers, hot dogs. We do free haircuts. We do outreach. We do giveaways, bicycles, television. I mean, it's an amazing event. All kinds of events for the kids, for the whole family. Car shows. We have low rider car shows. We have old-time cars. We have motorcycles. We have, we have, we have. And what we need is you. I hope you'll volunteer to be a part of it. I hope you'll come out. That's going to be on August 20th. That's a Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., giving back to the community. It's going to be an amazing time. I really hope and pray you plan on being there with us. It's always a joy to be able to be there. And the day before giving back to the community, on Friday, we're going to be giving out food, uh, like our, our monthly food uh, distribution. That's on a Friday. And uh, I need volunteers to help us put all the boxes together. We do about uh, 12,000 pounds of food. And uh, we're hoping you're going to be able to be a part of that. So we need you here this Friday at uh, 10.30 in the morning. And then at 12 noon, we start distributing. Hey, guys, what a joy to be able to continue in this series that I started calling Changing the Way You Think. We have such destructive thinking, and we really convolute our mind with stuff we don't need to. We take in things that we don't need to. We process things we don't need to. And I want to help us today to really understand to have the mind of Christ, to truly be thinking with the mind of Christ and what that even looks like and what it means. The prophet Isaiah asked back in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13, who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who's able to understand him, it says. Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? So he's asking, who, who, who even understands God? The Apostle Paul answers that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. He says, who can know the, thought, the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. He's saying, not that we could teach the Lord, but in other words, teach on his behalf. We have come to an understanding. His spirit has allowed us to understand and to process and to really communicate the mind of Christ, to understand those things in the scriptures and make them understandable and known to people. And that's our job. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul writes there, you must have the same attitude, the same thought or act pattern in your life that Jesus Christ had. So God, I pray that in the next few minutes, God, we can really grab a hold of these principles, these characteristics that are known and seen in the thinking 
with the mind of Christ. I pray that, Lord, they would be seen in our life. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. I want to share 10 characteristics that are seen when you think with the mind of Christ. So we're going to go fast because there's a lot I want to try to unfold, but I really hope and pray you can really grab hold of this and they can grab hold of you to change the whole trajectory of your life, how you're going to live your life. And the very first thing we need to understand is thinking with the mind of Christ means that we know exactly who we are. We know exactly who we are. People are very confused. People are always saying, I'm trying to find myself. And in all reality, we really are. Because until you get to know exactly who you are, you're out there drifting and you don't know. Jesus knew exactly who he was and who he is. He proclaimed that and he declared that and he confessed that. 18 different times, he makes very clear declarations of who he is. I'm going to run through these. So I don't even know if you could uh, just... Put them up, but write the scripture down, but you can read it later. But he made these declarations, and I'm only going to share a few of them. In John 6, 36, he says, I'm the bread of life. In John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. In John 8, uh, 10, 11, he says, I'm the good shepherd. In John eleven twenty five, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. In John 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine. In Mark 14, 61 and 62, he says, I am the son of God. And we have to understand that. These were declarations. These were proclamations. These were statements that he said. He said of who he was. He knew exactly who he was. Jesus didn't have an identity problem. And sometimes in movies that Hollywood produces, they make Jesus almost kind of question like, what's my mission in life? What am I here for? He never doubted that. He knew it from the time he was born. He knew exactly why he came. God wants us to have our identity and know our identity and live out our identity. People are now saying, uh, we, we're trying to give you pronouns so you know who you are. I'm a he, I'm a me, I'm a him, I'm a... No, I am a child of God, been washed by the blood, I'm a man, I am God's child, that's who I am. And you are who you are. If you're a woman, you're a woman that God created, and hopefully you come to know him, and you're a child of God. We need to know exactly what God is saying. He has called us this. If you don't know who you are, others will try to identify you. They're trying to identify people in this world today. Anyone that doesn't know who they are, someone will gravitate and they will try to tell you, this is who you are, this is who you need to be, this is what, this is this, this is that. And before you know it, you are all messed up. If you don't know who you are, you start living your life as a fake life. You wear a mask. You don't even know who you are. You're a chameleon. You're here, this over here, this over there, this over here, because you're confused and you're trying to find yourself, but you're there mixed up and you're just going every place. If you don't know who you are, you deal with a lot of stress because you're always questioning who you are. You're always wondering who you are. And you're trying to be all things to all men. And it's really messing you up. It's really hurting you. And God is saying, don't you understand? I know who you are. I created you in your mother's womb. Discover that so that you can live out the destiny I have for you. 
The second thing we need to understand is thinking with the mind of Christ means that we know God's purpose for our lives. We know exactly what God has for our life. We know exactly what he wants for our life. We know exactly how, to, how he leads us. Jesus, again, he, he found that out at a very young age. He wasn't ever confused. I love what he says in John chapter 8, verse 14. Jesus told him, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. See, he's speaking on behalf of God through him, and he's making these declarations and these proclamations and these statements, and he goes, they're valid even though I'm saying them about myself. And then he says this, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. See, I know I came from heaven. I know I left the the throne. I know I left the throne to take the human form of man and was born in a stable. I know what it was to be able to leave all of heaven. Because you know what? I came on a mission. And this mission, once it's completed, I'm going back home. That's why on the cross he says, it's finished. I finished it, Lord. I did my task. I did everything you called me to do. And now I'm going back to glory. And one of these days when God says, Jesus, son, go and get my people. I'll tell you what, that's what I'm trying to get us to do is be ready. Because, baby, when, it, it's, it, when it's over, it's over. And I don't know about you. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going and there's all kinds of, some people say, well, you know, there's going to be a rapture and then there's going to be, a, you're, you're going to have another chance and another chance. I don't know about that, people. I don't interpret the Bible like that. To me, once it's over, it's over. So all I know is when Jesus comes, I'm grabbing two sinners and as I'm going to heaven, I'm saying, accept Jesus or I'll drop you. Do it to the end. I know my purpose. God knew his purpose. Jesus knew his purpose. Look, do you remember when they had gone on a, a, on a journey and all of a sudden they can't find Jesus? And they're freaking out. Mary and Joseph are freaking out. Jesus is 12 years old and they're freaking out because they can't find him. And there's a multitude of people. So now they're looking for Jesus. Can you imagine you're Mary, you're his mother, and you're Joseph, his stepdad? You know his task? How do you come to God and say, hey, God, we lost your son? <laughs> they're, they're tripping out. And look what happens in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Jesus is 12. says, but why did you need to search? They go, we've been searching for you. Why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? That I must be of my father's business? Don't you get it? I'm doing what he called me to do. In Luke chapter 4, verse 43, he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too because that is why I was sent, to preach and share the good news. He knew his specific purposes. He knew exactly why he was called. He knew exactly why he was sent. He was completely man. You have to understand that. Even though he was the son of God, he came in form of a man, he was completely man, and he was functioning as a man to show you and me that as men and women, we can make it, that we can do it. He modeled it for us. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He goes, but my purpose is to give them a rich 
and satisfying life. I've come to give life in abundance. I know what my purpose is. I'm not confused about that. I know exactly what's going on. Do you know what your purpose is? See, some of you haven't come to know Christ, so you don't have the mind of Christ because you don't have Christ. And you're always floundering here. You're there going and you don't know. And some of you that have Christ, you still are kind of out there because you've never sought him and seek his word and to see what he has for you because God has a purpose for every single one of us. I'm telling you the hardships of my life, the, the, the horrible things that have happened in my life are things that God now uses and prepared me for, for the ministry that I do. He knows what he's doing. Third thing I want to say is that thinking with the mind of Christ means that we're always aware that God is with us. We just know God is with me. If God be for me, no one could be against me. He is with me. I am with him. He holds my hand. And even when I let go of his hand, he's right there. He doesn't let go. He's there before me. He's there behind me. He's there to my side. He's there over me, under me. He is there with me. God knew that God was always with him. Jesus knew that. Jesus didn't question that. He was always aware of God's care and his presence. And even when he was dying on the cross and he goes, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? And then the spirit of the Lord ministered to him and he goes, wow. I I know exactly where you are. You see, in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 32, it says, but the time is coming indeed. It's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Man, he was trying to let the disciples know, you know what? This was right all along the Last Supper, and he's, he's telling them, guys, you know, I'm, the, the Last Supper's coming up, and, and our last moment's together, and I'm trying to prepare you for what's happening, and I'm trying to let you know what's going to take place, and man, there's going to be a scattering. You guys are going to be gone. And they're like, what's he talking about? Peter even steps up. Man, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never. He goes, Peter, Satan chooses to sift you as wheat. You're going to deny me three times. Oh, I'll I'll die for you. Yeah, right. When the rooster crows, dude, you're going to deny me three times. And guess what? Peter denied him three times. And everything just fell apart. But he says, that's all right. You guys aren't there, but my God is there. You have to hold on to that. You have to believe that. And when you have the mind of Christ, you're reminded of that. In Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of the power spread even faster. And the crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. And then it says, But Jesus... But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. He withdrew for prayer. He withdrew to get recharged. He withdrew to be with God. He withdrew to spend time with them. When life was overwhelming, he withdrew. Let me ask you this. How often do you withdraw with God? How often do you pull away from 
all of life's craziness and just get lost with God, pray with God, cry out to God, say, God, I need you, I want you, I receive you. God, I need you to pour yourself out because, God, I need a move of your spirit. God, I so need you right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And before I say something dumb or do something dumb, you need to withdraw with God. How often do you withdraw with God? How often do you just pull away to spend some time, to spend some time with him and to rethink? Because God is always there. He's always aware of you, and he wants you to be aware of him. And with the mind of Christ, you do that. Another thing that thinking with the mind of Christ does is is we, we let God help us choose the right words. Haven't you ever said the wrong thing? The minute it's coming out of your mouth, you're like, no. You're trying to catch the word before it comes out, but too late. And it's almost like slow motion. You're like, no. Like the, what is it, uh, bounty commercial? That something happened, and you're like, man, I made a mess. I I didn't, ugh. So before you do that, you need to pull away with God. Look what it says right there in John chapter 12, verse 49. This is Jesus talking, and he goes, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father has sent me and has commanded me what to say and and how to say it. Don't you want to know how to say it? Don't you know how to know uh, how to know what to say? I don't know about you. Man, there's times that I've said things and as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm going, no, 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 wait, I didn't mean it like that. Don't love me. And it came out of your mouth, you must have meant it. Out of the heart comes the abundance of the uh, out of the mouth comes the abundance of the heart. It was in there someplace. No, but it's uh, yeah, give me some I messed up. It didn't come out right. It's real easy. All you have to do is say, hey, you know what? I, did, I, I know I said this, but this is what I meant. Now, if they don't believe you, that's their problem. But correct it. Say, this is what I meant. This is what I was trying to say. Jesus knew what God wanted for him. Jesus knew that God was always with him. Jesus knew that he was always aware of his care. Jesus knew that God was going to cover him. Jesus knew that God was going to take care of him. Do you ever ask God to choose your words wisely? Do you ever ask God to direct you? Do you ever ask God to guide your pen when you write something? To guide your thumbs or your finger when you text? To guide your fingers when you're on the computer? Social media, you don't see anybody, so you get all bold and you say all kinds of stupid things that later you go, oh, I didn't mean that. You could take it off, but somebody might have taken a Snapchat or what a, a snapshot of it, and then they put it on Snapchat or they put it on whatever, saying, "Oh, look what he's saying, look what she's saying," and people are like, "Oh, it's not on mine." Well, yeah, because you took it off, but man, you didn't think. We need to say, "God, help me choose my words wisely. Help me know what to say and how to say it." Do you know that? Your speech can either strengthen your relationships or weaken them. It could either create conflict or diffuse it. 
You could either have an amazing friendship and relationship, or you can have one that's always just at each other because you never think of what you say. And you go, well, that's just the way I am. I have an unbridled tongue. It just comes out. Well, man, tap it up, man. Put something in it. Do something. But, well, I just say what I feel. That's your problem. Because your head's all messed up. You need the mind of Christ to bring you back. And then you don't wonder, you, you always wonder, I don't know why everyone's all mad at me. Well, because you open your mouth. It's like, ask God to give you the words and how to say it. He'll guide you. Another thing with thinking with the mind of Christ does is, we don't have to worry about pleasing everybody. Man, that's exhausting. Some of you are trying to make everyone happy. Let me tell you something. God doesn't even make everyone happy. I really think about it. Some of us are praying that the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, others are praying, no, 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 we don't want the Dallas Cowboys. We want the 49ers to win. No, 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 we want, what is God going to do? Oh, man, all 32 teams are going to win? That would be the only way to make everybody happy. God, we want it to rain. No, we want it to snow. No, we want it to be dry. No, we want it to be hot. No, we want it to be cold. God's going, hey, man, I don't know which, which one's my answer here. Because no matter what God does, he's always going to be the bad guy. Someone's always mad at God. If he can't please everyone, what makes you think you can? And you're going crazy. You're overwhelming yourself and even the people around you because they're going, calm down. Jesus wasn't always wondering what people thought. He lived for an audience of one. He said, I'm about my father's business. I want only my God to bring, have glory. I want him to be honored. Nobody could please everyone. Jesus knew that. In John chapter 5, verse 30, he says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just. Because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. He said, I carry out the will of the one who sent me. In Luke chapter 16, verse 13, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. It says, You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. He's saying, don't you get it? He goes, you can't please everyone. You can't do all these things. It's impossible. And when you have the mind of Christ, you come to understand that. And the sixth thing I want to share is that thinking with the mind of Christ means that we depend on God's power instead of our own. You trust in God. You trust in his power. You trust in his Holy Spirit. You trust him to strengthen you and give you victory over temptation and give you victory over conflict and give you victory over the stuff that has happened in your life so you could go beyond it. In John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, So Jesus explained, To tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does. 
He's saying, don't you get it? I don't do it on my own. God empowers me. God strengthens me. God's Holy Spirit. That's why every time Jesus was going to perform a miracle, what did he do? He went off to pray. And sometimes he just prayed out loud. He goes, Lord, I know that you could do all these things, but I'm saying it for these people that don't believe yet so that they might come to believe. And he's praying it out loud, and they're going like, wow, I wonder what's going to happen. We're going to feed 5,000 plus people with this little sack lunch. We have two fish and five loaves of bread, and we're going to feed everybody. And he goes, because they don't believe the Lord, I, I'm praying out loud so that they'll come to believe. I'm praying out loud at Lazarus' death. I, I say it because, Lord, I know you're going to bring Lazarus back from the dead, but I'm saying out loud so that they'll come to believe. You see, Jesus knew that God's power could do the impossible. Jesus was fully dependent on God's will and God's power. And you and I need to do that. And when you have the mind of Christ, you finally realize that. And you yield to him instead of keep trying to do it on your own. The seventh thing is this. When thinking with the mind of Christ, we forgive our enemies and those who hurt us. And that's a tough one. They don't deserve forgiveness. But yet God says forgive them. They don't deserve it. They're jerks. They were mean. They hurt you. Yet God says, forgive them. He doesn't say to become bosom buddies with them. Hey, let's hang out now. No, he just says, forgive them. Because if not, you're the one that stays tormented. You're the one that just processes it over and over and over. When you finally forgive it, you really eventually get to the point that sometimes you really forget all about it. Jesus modeled this kind of a lifestyle. Who is it that God wants you to forgive in your life? Who is it that God's telling you to forgive? Who is it that God's telling you to finally release? Who is it that God's saying, listen to me, let them go already? In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by rolling dice, throwing dice. Here he is dying on the cross, and he's going, Lord, Lord, Forgive them, don't, no, I, 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 I let them go. They don't even know what they're doing. In Matthew chapter five, verse 44, it says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. He's saying, you know what I want you to do? In, in, in the King James Version, he says, but I want you to love your enemies I want you to bless those who curse you. I want you to do good to those who hate you. And I want you to pray for those who spiritually, or, or, or spitefully rather, use you and persecute you. So he wants us to love them, bless them, do good to them, and pray for them. Man, that's loving your enemies. It's easier to do that when we know the person and we're good buddies with them and we might have a conflict, so we're kind of at war with each other, so we think we're enemies. No, this is saying you're enemies. The ones that have hurt you, the ones that have attacked you, the ones that that, that just for no reason. This is the best way to live, to release them, because when you release them, you're free. You've heard me say it many times. Unforgiveness is like you taking poison and expecting them to die. You're the one that's dying slowly because you won't forgive. You have to get to that point. 
Another thing is thinking with the mind of Christ is number eight is we're willing to sacrifice for others. We're willing to make sacrifices. We're willing to say, God, I really need to do this for these people. I need to help them. And it might hurt me, but you know what? I'm going to do it for the sake of the cause, that the gospel would be advanced. In the gospel of John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me, just as my father knows me, and I know the the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And he did. He didn't just say, I'll do it. He did it. See, he made that sacrifice in John, I mean, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45. He says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He came to pour himself out. He came to give himself. Jesus wants to serve. He wants us to serve. And that's why we do so much outreach and how, why we impact our, our community. Because you know what? If someone's thirsty and you don't give them a drink of water, they don't care about the gospel. But when you give them a drink of water and you fill their stomach if they're hungry and you clothe them if they're naked and you visit them in prison when they're in prison and you pray for them when they're sick. Uh, in other words, the gospel of Matthew chapter 25 talks about all these things. So ever you do to the least of these you've done to me, God wants us to serve. He wants us to sacrifice. He wants to give. He wants us to pour ourselves out for others. But remember John 3.16, a very popular verse. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son, one and only son, that everyone who believes will not perish. And have everlasting life. And he gave. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. He poured and demonstrated his love out by giving us his son. That's John 3.16. What's really interesting, if you go to 1 John 3.16, it says we know what real love is. Because Jesus gave up his life for us so that we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. He's saying, don't you get it? He modeled this. He poured himself out. He gave of himself. He did this so that we might understand. And that's why it's so important that we grab hold of this and we hold on to this and we receive this and we live it out for his glory. And then... The ninth thing I want to say about thinking with the mind of Christ means that we want to do God's will and not our own. Man, that's one of the hardest things because we come to a crossroad and God says, this is what I want you to do. And we know it in our gut. We know it in our knower. We know it that we know it. And all of a sudden God shows us this and the devil tempts us with this. And now we're like, oh, man, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And we process it, and we think about it, and we say, what should I do? How should I do it? When should I do it? Where should I do it? Why should I do it? And and we process it over and over and over. 
In John chapter 6, verse 38, it says, I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Jesus had to remember, this is my purpose. This is why I'm here. You and I have to remember, this is our purpose. This is why we're here. And we have to hold on to that. Jesus obeyed the Lord so that the world knew that God loved it. That God loves us. He obeyed so that we could understand. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 31, it says, I will do what the Father requires for me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. He says, man, I do this so that they'll know I love God. Do people know you love God by the way you live? Do they know you love God by the way you sacrifice? Do they know that you love God by the way you give, by the way you serve, by the way you pour yourself out? Do they know you love God? Do they ever say, man, are you a Christian? And you're like, actually, I am. And they go, you know what? I knew it. Hopefully, you don't go in there, hey, move out of the way. I'm a Christian. (laughs) Wow. I hope I don't get to be like you. But instead, you should draw them that they go, oh, my goodness gracious, you're just amazing. I see you wanting to do God's will. I see that you want to pour yourself out and do what God wants. God wants us to show our love for him as we pour it out to people around us. Do you do what God wants? Because let me tell you something. It's hard sometimes. Jesus had to cry out to God. In Mark chapter 14, verse 36, Jesus is really struggling. He's in the Mount of Olives. I've been there. It's really beautiful. They've taken some of the olive trees that have been there for a thousand plus years. They say one of them there has been there since Jesus, and what they did is that they kept regrafting it with a new olive, and, and they're growing. Whether they are original or not, that's where the garden is, and it's beautiful. There's all kinds of huge olive trees around, and you see the rock that they display, and, 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 and I see Jesus just crying out, and he knows his time is here. He's going to be going to the cross, and he cries out, and this is what he says. They call this the the prayer of Gethsemane where he cried out there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, Abba, Abba, Father. That's literally saying, Daddy, Daddy, God, Daddy, Father. In Spanish, a lot of people say, Tata, Dios. And that's what it's saying, Abba. Daddy, Father, Everything is possible with you. Please take this cup from me. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Can you hear his agony? Can you hear his pain? Can you hear him crying out? He knows what's going to happen. They're going to arrest him. They're going to torture him. They're going to beat him. They're going to finally crucify him on a cross for us. And he knows this and he's going... Daddy, Daddy, Father, really? 
everything's possible with you. Please take this cup of suffering away with me because I know the weirdos in Albuquerque. I don't know if I want to die for them. They're all messed up. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Not my will, but yours. Man, what a prayer, guys. What a prayer. Look, I would die for my wife. I would die for my children and my grandchildren. And there's some people that are super close to me that I would die for. But there's some people in this world that I wouldn't wouldn't die for. Are you with me? I'm just being real, guys. I think you're the same, aren't you? Would you die for everybody? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you would. I, I, I know I wouldn't. Yet, you know what? Jesus did. In this prayer, you see three things going on there. First, you see he's praying with faith. He's praying with faith. He says, everything is possible for you. You can do anything. You're, you, God, I'm crying out to you, Daddy. Because you could do everything. He also makes a request. He's asking. It's okay to ask for yourself. Please take this cup of suffering from me. Please take this. This is my request. But then there was surrender. And he models surrender. I want your will and not mine. Thy will be done. God help me. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. It says there that Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him. He raised him up. He exalted him to a place of the highest honor and he gave him the name above all names, Jesus That to this day, his name could be lifted up any place in this world and people will shout, hallelujah. And others get mad. His name, Yeshua, can mess everyone up. You could just say Yeshua, you could say Jesus, you could say Jesucristo, you could say whatever language it's in. Man, he's still radical and he still shakes everything up. That is a name that's been exalted above all names. And then you see the last thing that I want to share is thinking with the mind of Christ. We think with eternal perspective. It changes the way we see life. We look, we, 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 we've got to look beyond our past. We've got, we, we've got to look past the pain and focus and look at the reward. Jesus looked beyond the pain and, and, and he looked beyond all of the things that were about to happen and, and he looked at the reward. He's given us life or death. He's giving us it literally promise or destruction. And we realize that there's more than the here and now. You start seeing things different. You start seeing that God has a calling. God has placed something eternal in you. And we look past the pain and conquer our obstacles. Jesus did that. It talks about that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. See, he knew he was going to go through pain, but he was looking at the future. He was looking at the promise. He was looking at the reward and the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the right in the place of honor beside God's throne (laughs) in glory. Man, what a joy. So over the next few weeks, I want to help us really get there. How can we really learn to think like Jesus? Well, first, we're, we're going to have to study his word, study his life. We're going to have to study his life and words in the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved. Work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of God. And then the next thing we need to do is ask God to show you the meaning of the scriptures you read because sometimes, I don't know about you, I'll read a scripture and it just doesn't make sense to me. And I read it again and then again and then I say, Lord, I'm sorry I haven't asked this. Lord, I need you to show me the meaning of what I'm reading and how I could apply it to my life today, right now. In Psalm 119, verse 18, it says, open my eyes to see this wonderful truth in your instruction." John 16, 15 says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit will lead you, he'll guide you, he'll instruct you so that you can truly have the mind of Christ. And again, like I say, you can't have the mind of Christ if you don't have Christ. So if you don't have Jesus and you want to receive him today, just raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I I have never given him my life. I've never given him my heart. Is there anyone here today? Well, then I just want to say, let's pray. Let's pray that we can really have the right words, the right words to say and how to say it, to give us the strength that if we say it wrong, we correct it. That if we do something that's against his will, that we make it right. Would you allow God to really minister to you and to give you the mind of Christ today? I don't know what you might be going through. I don't know what you might be facing. But right now, whatever you might be going through, I pray that you would come to the altar and release it and say, you know what? I want to give it to the Lord. I want to give him my problem. I want to give him my struggle. I want the mind of Christ to know what to do want to come to the altar today and you don't want anyone to pray for you, just say, you know what, Uh, I I, I just want time by myself. People want to pray for you because they love you and they want the freedom they have, but if you don't want to be prayed over, just say, I I just want to be alone with God. But would you stand with us? Would you ask God to just minister to you? Prayer team, please make your way up. There's people that want prayer. Would you stand with them and pray with them? Encourage them bring joy to their lives. But sing this out. As we sing this out, let the Spirit of the living God minister to you and comfort you and lead you.
we thank you that you have given us the mind of Christ that you have given us Lord God insight as to who we are and what we're here to do Father God empower us through your Holy Spirit to truly take on the character of God and to live it out for your glory I pray Father God for an outpouring of your spirit upon us that Lord you would take the clutter out of our mind and bring order and peace in your presence so that God through that we might truly know the will of the Father we thank you Lord we bless you and we ask your blessing over us and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord Amen and Amen God bless you church we love you don't forget there's a lot of ministry going on look into it look on the app God bless you